are a modern day Will and Jada. We are open sex friends. We are poly. We are bi. I'm not bi. You're right. How do I know if I haven't truly tested my boundaries? Sadly, Halloween is now behind us. This just means it's the slow crawl to winter. Is it slow? Yeah, After I, as soon as I said that, I thought, like, well, it's not slow enough. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. It's like, do I, I guess the, the crawl to winter. I don't want winter to be slow. Yeah, winter that's for sure. Winter can go fuck itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like everything's, time's just flying by. Nothing's yeah. slow. That's true. That's true. So at least that means hopefully that'll apply to winter as well. I sure hope so. Yeah. At the top of the episode, I wanted to thank everyone for uh, tuning in over October. We did some some pretty great numbers looking at the analytics on all the downloads and all that. So it's uh, it was really nice to know that people were into what we're doing and tuning in and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Thank you. But I guess for this week, we decided maybe we'd take a break from the out-and-out horror Mm-hmm. And uh, lean into the cult part of our name. This week we watched a movie that gets shit on constantly and has bad reviews. And Ew, why? I know. I fucking love this movie. I have such a soft spot for it. We watched 1995's The Doom Generation by Greg Araki. I think that's it. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't know if that's how he says it, but... I've seen this movie so many fucking times. Uh, this was a second time watch for you, yeah? hmm I remember my first exposure to this movie was when I was uh, not quite a teenager. I flipped to IFC, like <laughs> the, the Internet Film Channel, mm-hmm. and this was on at some ungodly hour in the night. And um, You said you were like 10 or something? I was probably a little bit older than that because uh, I would have been in Australia when I was 10. Oh, and I was okay. definitely here. But... It was too much for me. Like, I, I, I flipped to this scene where we see uh, news footage of uh, a massacre that happened at a, a convenience store, and it kind of broke my brain a little bit because I wasn't used to seeing things that extreme. Because that stuff wasn't on the news regularly in real life yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but fuck, like, uh, I was just like, I noped out of there pretty quick. <laughs> but that kind of, like, burned the movie into my mind because I had to look up what the hell I just saw. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Eventually, I came back around to it, and I fucking loved it ever since. You could see why. It's got a lot going up your alley. It has the punk shit. It has some gay shit. It has some, like, Rose McGowan swearing a whole bunch and, like, dropping a whole bunch of, like, great one-liners. Yeah. And then, mostly insulting men. And then just uh, slapped it all together in a nice little uh, bun of nihilism, and mm-hmm. you have a... Yeah, very mean it is, movie. It, it is, like, very 90s. It, it hits on the 90s nihilism that I'm just so, oh so fond of, like, uh... And that I, I grew up, that was, like, born into, but it was too young to pick up on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was aware of grunge, and I remember asking, like, Mom, what's grunge? And she was like, yeah, it's just, like, I don't know, some music and people, they're just, like, really, like, 
not happy. <laughs> like, I don't even remember exactly what she said, but it was something like that. That's like, oh yeah, they're like kind of miserable. <laughs> Yeah, that tracks, that tracks. It's like, oh, maybe that's why I grew up the way I was. I was just born into it, and it was just in the water. Yeah, it was just in the water. Yeah. This is uh, probably my go-to example for a very grunge movie, even if yes. the music airs a little more towards the sort of, like, industrial sure. and, and weirdo kind of music. Um, very, uh, well, I guess grunge started as the weirdo music before, yeah. before Nirvana it, blew up. And it is, like, it's grunge and attitude. Mm-hmm. and tone even if the soundtrack isn't necessarily there it doesn't need to be definitely the aesthetic is definitely yeah grunge is more than just a sound yes it is a way of life yes. was a way of life i don't know it seems yeah. to be resurfacing in its own kind of new iteration way it's one of those things that just like everything it always goes into cycles like i mean grunge mm-hmm. is just like the 90s punk yeah right like Straight up, it's where punk rock went in. Like, punk still existed, but mm-hmm. it was uh, the new sound. Like, the when Ramones were, were like, new in the 70s. And right. that kind of music when Sex Pistols were the new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just, like, the 90s iteration of that. Late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Wait, what race Riot Girl? I know Riot Girl's, like, adjacent to and connected directly yes. to <laughs> grunge, but it's also its own distinct. It is. It very much is. Which we'll come to another time. Yeah, we if, will. That is for a future episode. But that being said. That being said. So what have we got going with Doom Generation? We have a, a, a young couple, a couple of 18-ish year olds who are at a party and, uh, you know, they're just like being burnouts, doing drugs and stuff yelling at men and like you know just just teen things just teen things just teens in the 90s things and uh what do they come across some like some shenanigans taking place some like assault shenanigans or something is such a light way to it really it's is like... but at, they end up with this dude named xavier in their car mm-hmm. and so rose mcgowan's character fucking hates his guts off the back because he's a fucking asshole but her boyfriend jordan is like Oh, this dude. This X dude. This dude. I'm gonna cool. call him X. It's kind of cool, man. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't really know what's going on here. Like, I just feel like connected to him in a way, and like, kind of want to get to know him a little bit better. <laughs> You're being only slightly less subtle than the movie is. I, like, I am, only honestly, slightly. only slightly, like the yeah. mild, like teensy tiny bits. Bit, yeah. I'm just too extra. Yeah. And uh, they they dump him at well, no, I should say Amy. I don't, so I don't keep calling her by the actress's name. Yeah. Dumps his ass on the side of the road, and yeah. they go to a convenience store. To Which they specifically refer to as the Quickie Mart. It's spelled yes. like quick, but, you know, like Simpsons, Quickie Mart, right? Like, it's uh. such a... <laughs> it, it totally fits with the time. Like, Absolutely. You know, I didn't I, even make that conversation, was, or that connection, rather, because I wasn't yeah. allowed to watch The Simpsons growing up, and then by the time I was old enough to, like, make my own choices, I thought it seemed dumb as shit and didn't want to bother. Well, when I was... Uh, First off, classic Simpsons slaps. Absolutely. So I've heard, and I, I could see that. Um, but I feel like, but like I said, by the time I was old enough to like make my own choices, yeah. it was far past that. <laughs> That'd be interesting to, to check into, because like I wonder how much of that is nostalgia and having grown up on it. Right. Because I love Futurama. Yeah, that's why I think that you'd probably dig Simpsons. But, I could see that. You know, I probably love Futurama a little more, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, my mom just poised my brain, like, this show's stupid and it's bad. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. My mom was right about everything, so it must be true. <laughs> for, for me, it was my mom didn't want us watching it because it would be a bad influence. But my dad wanted to watch it. So uh, when yeah. she was away doing her uh, riding lessons, mm. uh, she, like, had a horse and all that stuff, um, my dad would 
Let us watch it. That was like me with Dead Like Me. Yeah. <laughs> my mom's like, you're not watching the show. And then she wouldn't be around. My dad would be watching it. I'm like, I'm just going to sit in the room. I'm just going to And be here and, and, and be watching it too. I'll be present. Yes. But yeah, so. Um, Quickie Mart. Quickie Mart. And I, I think that that's cool that they have the convenience store here and so much in the movie. Because I know growing up. Uh, sort of like when I was a kid, end of the 80s, early 90s, the convenience store was kind of like where it was at. Yeah, it it seems to have a lot more like cultural capital than maybe seems deserved in this day and age. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, this was pre-internet, so you can't just order whatever. This is true. uh, But it's so, like, maybe because I grew up within like the same, like the walking distance to get to like, the closest convenience stores was pretty much the same as the grocery store. Yeah. And... But you don't hang out at a grocery store. You hang out at a convenience I store. I guess, but just convenience stores are so expensive. And that's yeah. convenience. It's in the name. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, it was just kind of... I missed that. Yeah. I was born a little bit too late. It really was a huge Slurpee thing. I think that was a big Total- part of it. Okay, you that's fair. grocery yeah, store. Yeah, no, you don't. Um, and, uh... Also, they have, like, the pre-cooked food sitting mm-hmm. there, which, you know, now you can get in most grocery stores. Uh, yeah. I remember at the time, you know, a grocery store, like, the one I worked at had a fucking sandwich bar and a buffet table and all that stuff. That wasn't a thing when I was no. a kid. But, yeah, so, we're at the Quickie Mart. Yeah, and um, they, you know, get all their shit together. It rings up at 666, yeah. and they realize that they have forgotten their wallets in the car. But there's a big fucking sign that says shoplifters will be executed. I love that. I love the fucking, <laughs> the, that, that framing where it just has this huge fuck off sign. Yeah. And Amy's just sitting like there smoking in front life. of it. And he's like, no smoking. And she's like, whatever. And he pulls out the, like the, this guy who runs the shop pulls out the fucking gun. He's pointing it at her. He's like, no fucking smoking. And so, yeah, when they see the like shoplifters will be executed, it's like, they know, like he's not fucking around. It's going to happen. Yeah. And he's aiming the gun at them, and they're like, Let, let's just get the fucking money from the car. And he's, like, about to shoot their heads off. Well, who shows up to save the day but Mr. X? Mr. X, the dude who, suppose, who um, I, I think we're left to assume lifted their wallets, and hence why they're yeah. fucking penniless now. Exactly. But they're convinced they just left it in the car. But he shows up, he jumps on the guy with the gun, he's like, get the fuck out of here, like, I'm saving your life." That's another great moment, because <laughs> the gun goes off and hits the cigarette display, launching packs of cigarettes everywhere, and what do Jordan and Amy do? They immediately hit the deck and just start scrambling up all the cigarettes. <laughs> like, like, how much shit can we he's steal? He's just like, how- guys, get the fuck out of here, and they're just, like, scooping <laughs> cigarettes into their jackets, grabbing six packs. He's like, well, now we're gonna steal? Like, we yeah. weren't going to before, we were willing to pay, but fuck this, like, we're yeah. stealing now. And then the massacre happens that you saw on yeah. on when you were eleven or however fucking old. Third, I don't know some some young impressionable age. Well, this early is in the, the, double the digits. mass part. I didn't see the part live. I saw the news footage part later of the massacre where they yeah. also had like the dead kids and stuff like oh, that, which wasn't right. part of this. No, it's not. Massacre, so it I was think just that Margaret was... Cho and the yeah. and the store owner. Yeah, I love that <laughs> Margaret Cho. That's like so fucking <laughs> just screaming. great. Screaming. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, because um, he gets. I remember his head goes flying off, and then it just starts, like, throwing... Yeah, the shotgun takes his head off, and it lands in the fucking onions and relish, and then when he starts, the head starts talking, talking and all like, the relish just starts coming up at his throat. I thought it was kind of, like, polenta or something. <laughs> I assumed it was the fucking, like, hot dog top. It was probably supposed out. to be. Yeah. yeah, it's just some sauerkraut and... Yeah. All that good stuff. So, they go to a motel. They're like, oh, shit, we're, like, criminals. What the fuck? We're what did you say about this motel decor? 
Oh, it made me just because it was everything was a wash in this sort of like hot pink to red yeah. light. I was just like, oh, so that's where the inspiration for Cam's aesthetic right, came from. Right, right, right. And then I realized, yeah, this is kind of like bisexual lighting before bisexual lighting became a thing. So this yeah. is like the precursor, which is super appropriate given the focus we're taking on this movie. Oh, that, that's I, I think that's great that it is the bisexual lighting because um as I, I was mentioning, I think the lighting idea was supposed to evoke Americana because it was a lot of red, red white, red, and blue. And, red, white, and blues. Right. And, and, uh, that went over my head. <laughs> like, there's the part when, um, after the convenience store, I believe, they're all running away, and it shows them running past the wall, and, like, one wall's a wash in red light, then one's a wash in white, then one's a wash mm. in blue, and it's just uh, doing that kind of thing. But it's recontextualized, to, especially to today, when, you know, like, LGBT, every, like, Everyone has their flag and their colors and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's very much fitting in with that by lighting. Totally. So, so that's really interesting that that's, that's your takeaway from happening. It. Yeah. yeah, just it shows that like again, I guess that almost like generational, for lack of better word, kind of gap between the like expectations versus how it exists in the contemporary time. Yeah. But yeah, because you pointed out, there's like, oh yeah, well, I mean, their names are red, white, and blue. I'm like, okay, I knew Amy Blue. Who the fuck are red and white? And you're like Jordan and Xavier. Yeah. I'm like. When did they say that? That went over my head. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's uh, yeah, I guess depending, there's a lot to be picked up from this movie, yeah. as we'll discuss. So what happens when they're in the the motel room? Amy goes to take a bath. And then the weirdest fucking like I don't know if it's like flirting with their eye scene, but the dude just walks in. Jordan walks in and is like, I have to piss. And then goes to take a piss and just, like, stares at her making that weird fucking face the whole time he's pissing. Yeah, while well, she's naked what's, in the bath. Like, what's that face? He's just, like, uh, and he's just pissing while leering <laughs> at her in the bath. But, like, with those puppy dog eyes that he yeah. has, like, the whole time. Because he's just this little... He's so precocious. He's such... He's just... He, he's baby and we want to protect him. <laughs> There's just something so, like... I don't know, like, naively sweet about him where, yeah. like, there's so much shit that goes on where you think, like, oh, he's going to be mad. He's like, no, I mean, whatever. Like, yeah. I love you, babe. Like, yeah. yeah that's, that's true. Like, yeah. there's just something. He's, he's just so pure. Yeah. He's just, that's it. It's just, and it's unexpected, especially in such, like, a hard kind of exterior scene right. that he's in that it's like, oh, he's so special. It's little Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, that's, so, I'm baby is such like a fucking. He's zo- baby. Yeah, but like that's such a zoomer take. I know. On this fucking like Gen this X 90s movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan's baby. Um. So they, yeah, they, they fuck in the tub and then Xavier is like creeping outside watching. Right before he watches them, that's where they catch the news footage. Right. And. In it, they mentioned that... They uh, found the earring at the scene? They found the earring, which, which is Jordan's. fell out of Jordan's ear. Yeah. And also that not only was the shopkeeper's, like, head blown off and still talking and stuff like that, but his wife, played by Margaret Cho, <laughs> killed their, their kids r- ritualistically and then disemboweled herself ritualistically. They kept pointing out, like, this ritualistic right. killing suicide thing. And they also mentioned that, because um, it's like a skull earring or something, yeah. and they're like, oh, well... Commonly worn by... By, like, homosexuals and <laughs> queers and goths and shit. Because yeah. they're like, yeah, they're like, oh, it's a very generic thing. You can get it at stores that are frequented by, like, you know, do no do no gooders and, and gays. Shops that sell rock and roll paraphernalia. Exa- yeah, that, like, ki- that kind of thing. Throw this in Texas and it would have been a bunch of Hank Hills playing the, the reporters. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So he catches the news coverage of their 
exploits, watches them fuck in the bathtub, rubs one out while doing so, jizzes all over his hand, and then licks it up. And I think, like, I watched from the news part to that part, (laughs) and that's what kind of broke my brain, because I'd never fucking seen any of this shit, like, in a movie before. And it was just like, I think that was a moment where, where I thought to myself, I'm not old enough and turned it off. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't think I'm old enough. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. This, uh, yeah, so there's lots of jizz eating, which is interesting because immediately after he pokes his head in and it's just like, hey, guys, I'm starving. And it's like, well, what do you call that? An appetizer? Like, fuck. Yeah, clearly. And then, so they go to the fast food joint, which is another great parody of, like, very 90s kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, fast food was another ubiquitous thing along with the convenience store. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd say fast food has weathered more than the convenience store. Like, it still is very much a ubiquitous kind of thing today. But then again, going out to the, the burger joint is a, a bit different now that we live in the age of, like, Uber Eats and stuff like that, where you can get, like, McDonald's delivered and to your house. And the internet. And yeah. text messaging. Um, no, other but, forms of instant messaging and instant yeah. connectivity without actually having to be around people. Yeah. But I, I love their rendition of the uh, burger joint the called... The Jungle Burgers. Uh, Carno Burgers. Welcome to Carno Burger. And they order, like, the nastiest, like, fake-sounding shit. Like, it's, like... <laughs> It is, like, the most cliche grease pit place mm-hmm. where it's, like, I'll get some cheese balls and some, like, meat fry and, like, <laughs> it's just, like, yeah. oh, it sounds like a greasy, cheesy mess. Yes. And the, so they're, they're going to pay for it. It's 666 again. 666. Interesting. But this time, the guy helping them, he sees Amy and he's, like, hey. Hey, it's, I don't remember what he said, what do you think, what he keeps calling her. What? Sunshine. Sunshine. Okay. I remember there's a few different weird names. Like Sunshine. Oh my God, it's me. Oh. And then she's like, I have no fucking clue who you, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Just give us our fucking food. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to strip Trump in a sound clip of their or little smeg interaction. Because <laughs> I don't think she calls them smeg breath in this moment. But uh, I know, that's later. the dialogue here is very choice. So I'm just going to plop a little sound clip in here for you. Sunshine. Give me some money. Sunshine, is that you? I think you have me mixed up with someone else. Don't add face. Give me some money. Don't lie to me now. I know it's you. Look, you fucking chunky pumpkin head. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Just give me some fucking money. You said you love me. You said you'd never leave me. What is this night of the living brain dead? Wake up and smell the cappuccino, geek. I don't know you. I've never fucking seen you before. I don't know who the fuck the sunshine is. You little whore. You broke my fucking heart. Come on, sunshine. Give the poor guy a break. Shut the fuck up and give me some motherfucking money. And does he pull out a gun now? Yeah, he pulls out a shotgun. Very much like the, uh... Quickie Mark. Clark. Yes, yes, and uh, yeah, that uh, they escape. Yeah, back to the hotel room. And uh, is this when Amy and X Bone? Well, Jordan's yeah, asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like Jordan's asleep, and he's just like sitting on the end of the bed, tugging one out. Yeah, and she's like, "What? Are you, what's that on your? Like, what do you have tattooed there?" And he's like, "It's Jesus." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Who the fuck has Jesus tattooed on their dick? So when I'm fucking people, they can say, I got the Lord inside me. 
Yeah, fuck. The more we're talking about this, like, 666 and this ritualisticness and, like, he has Jesus on his dick. Like, he's seems, like, like... It's a very blasphemous movie. is, like, Satan. Like, like yeah. he, he, he makes me think of so many of these, um, like, any sort of devil possession type movies where, like, they, they do everything they can to try and, like, offend God. And so, yeah. you know, they, the upside down crucifix, even though that's actually a, a Christian symbol of, like, St. Matthew, it's yeah. still seen as, like, an inverted cross. Or, right. you know, they the, the the haunting hour or whatever you fucking want to call it is 3 a.m. as an inversion of the th- approximately 3 p.m. at which Jesus was supposed to be crucified. Right. And it's, like, a mockery of this holy hour and all this. So just doing everything they can to try and, like, offend God and stuff. And so th- it's just like, hmm, he has Jesus on his dick. So he can say, yeah. if he could, p- can take this very sort of like religious experience and turn it into this meaningless kind of like thing that's like said for laughs. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's so, okay. Okay. I think I see what's going on here. It reminds me of the movie Don't Deliver Us From Evil, this French flick where these two uh, Catholic schoolgirls decide that they want to pledge their allegiance to Satan. So. <laughs> They just try to be as sacrilegious as possible, yeah. and that's, like, the whole movie is them doing the most fucked up shit they can. Or, like, Marianne, they just keep saying, like, oh, yeah, she, these these kinds of creatures, they do everything they can to, like, try to offend God. <laughs> Sometimes it works. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Demons are the original edgelords. Yeah, they totally are. But anyway. Yeah, they're fucking in the they're car. They're fucking, they, even though they, like, hate each other. Yeah. And, uh, while they're fucking, the... Sunshine guy shows up with his gun. Yeah, I love that the character's name is Bartholomew because it's just like that's a name you don't hear very much. No, but it's also not. it's just like think like Bart Simpson kind of thing, like another oh, like sort of nineties yeah. pop culture thing. But yeah, Bartholomew rolls up in this fucking big Jeep. I think like the sticker on the front's like total annihilation or total experience or something, something like that. Yeah. Um and he's wearing the creepiest goddamn purge mask. Yeah, that's time. the only thing that you pointed out. It was like, oh shit, it's yeah. It's like this baby doll mask with like a wig glued to the front of it, <laughs> kind of thing. And he's just wearing it on his dome, and it's fucking creepy as well, hell. Well, he's gonna go, you know, if 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 he can't have sunshine, no one can. Yeah. So he shows up, uh, barges in their hotel room to find sleeping Jordan, poor yeah. baby, and he, you know, sticking the gun in his mouth, telling him, "If you don't tell me where she is, I'm gonna blow your fucking head off." Yeah. And uh, they come. I don't know. Amy Amy tricks him. Yeah. Like, oh, it's some sunshine. I've missed you so much, baby. Yeah. And uh, I think X jumps on him. Or jumps something. on him yeah. once again. It's just like, like one thing going. Like get, get out, out of here! here. Get the fuck out of here! Saving lives. Like, like oh man, twice more day. Like damn, you guys. Fuck. And this movie is just wild. It's just fucking wild all over. When is it not? Like, mm. it, the the scuffle, like, the first scuffle ended up with the dude's head getting blasted into the hot dog condiments, and then it's, like, talking. In this one, the dude's arm oh gets God. shot off, yeah. and, like, when Xavier jumps into the car, he's got the fucking arm gripped onto him, like, out of a zombie movie or something like that. And the, Drive the fuck away! And he, like, whips the arm out the window, and we see the guy without the arm fall over, and he's singing You Are My Sunshine, while his arm is just, like, in the foreground with a hand and still like clenching <laughs> and all that kind of stuff and this movie's so good i love this movie it's not subtle and i think if it was subtle it would totally dilute the effect of this mm-hmm. movie like it's so in your face in a very brash way and I, yes. I love it for that definitely and then is it from here they go to the restaurant i think f- or do they first go to call like amy's to call their parents and be like oh yeah i remember taking like a road trip call i don't remember the order of events yeah but th- th- at some point they 
there's another convenience store where, again, it's 666. Jordan comes back and finds them fucking and kind of doesn't know what to make of it. There's a point where they go to a restaurant and once again somebody recognizes Amy and says like, "Oh, it's you." It's, yeah, and it's me. They, did they kidnap you? They, they the brainwashed you. She has like the samurai sword and stabs the dude in the yeah, dick yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, At that like weird like restaurant that's like metal it inside. It looks like it's fucking tin foil on the yeah, walls and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the um, place. Uh, I want to say that was Parker Posey. Someone famous. Yeah, it was. It was Parker Posey as Brandy. Who the fuck is that? That's an actor. Jesus. <laughs> Whatever. Again, the generational divide. You're yeah. like, oh, fucking famous. I'm like, never heard of her. Well, I mean, one of the convenience store clerks was Perry Farrell, who is the lead singer for Jane's Addiction. Oh, okay. Which is another 90s fan. This very much fits the aesthetic of this fucking movie. Okay, I've heard of James. Ad- Jane, sorry. Jane's Addiction. James Addiction. Like, <laughs> my name oh. is James Addiction. <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. Or you'll wind up like this me. This is my husband, Francisco Delamore. <laughs> The Le Morte shit. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> but th- this movie kind of plays in cycles. Where yeah. the same thing keeps happening to uh, Amy. Where someone recognizes her. She insists she's not who they think she is. And uh, then they want to kill her. Because if they can't have her, no one will. Mm-hmm. And They typically narrowly escape. Yeah. But the, I guess, third time this happened. Or no, the... The, sorry, the third time. So it's, it's the fourth kind of exchange where this, the, where stuff seems to be happening, but this is not. So it's the third time this happens where she's recognized as someone. So yeah. fourth time overall, if you, I guess you include the initial event of the convenience store, the quickie mart, yeah. as sort of like the beginning of the cycle. Yeah. But this is like the, so the, the third of the weird recognition of yeah. calling her someone she's not. This is at that record store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, these dudes... Like, for, okay, first they're they're up in Xavier's business and calling. Then they call him like queer bait and stuff, and we're like, yeah, they're what? being um, they're being they're being really menacing and like yeah, homophobic. With yeah, like they they've pinged him and have decided that they're gonna go and like invade his space and just try to be fucking assholes. Yeah. And then when Amy and Jordan come up and are like, what the fuck? They're like, oh my god, it's you. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, this they call is happening her like again. Cherry or something Something, like that. Yeah. yeah. Cherry darling. Egg. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, so done yeah. with this. Um, but not long after, they go to somewhere and then, you know, they flip heads or tails for who gets to fuck first. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the other interesting thing going on, and we'll get into this more extensively, mm-hmm. but uh, the relationship kind of starts to meld together between the three of them. Yeah. Sort of thing in this weird way, and so this is kind of the culmination of that when uh, they're just taking turns. Yeah, and then it gets to the point where, like, oh, let's do all three of those. Yeah. And they have a threesome, and then, I love this part, Amy's just like, oh, I gotta piss, or I gotta pee, and they're like what and she's like well when nature calls it fucking like shouts man like yeah and then x is just like just let it go while the three of us are coming <laughs> <laughs> and i love how she's just like not you you fucking like fucking ge- animal <laughs> you fucking animal good jesus fucking god like oh my god like <laughs> savior savior is just like oh man that fucking guy it's Fucking fuck wild. <laughs> yes. 
But as you mentioned, third time was not a charm. The no. uh, people that were the dudes, the dudes yeah. from the record store, the gang of um, dudes, catch up to them. Yes, and uh, in this pretty brutal. Yeah, it's <laughs> this a is very, kind of the best word I can think of. I mean, that doesn't seem to encapsulate it. That yeah. like that seems to underscore, or to like under like sell what is happening yeah. here. <laughs> like it doesn't seem like I'm doing it justice by calling it yeah. simply brutal. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they show up, they extinguish the lights, and then in this very, like, erratic sort of, you get flashes of light, they are, they have Amy wrapped up in, like, plastic, one guy starts raping her. With with a statue of Mary. That's right. Oh, I thought he was, I thought he was just, at some point, but then they pull out the statue, too. I don't know. She's being assaulted, they are, like, menacing the two men, the two guys, threatening to, like castrate them and Mm -hmm. and dismember and like do all these terrible things and jordan being the beautiful baby boy that he is he sees Mm -hmm. what's happening to amy and he's like no and then fuck i'm just gonna pull it up because i texted because you you weren't in the you were kind of back and forth because you'd seen this movie so many times so i just like you know texted you because i was like crying laughing not literally but it was just so funny but i was also like oh no like my my poor boy. Like, I don't even remember what the dude, sh- like, shouted or said or something, but then Jordan yells back, that's what your mom said, but I couldn't hear as well because she had my sperm gurgling in her mouth, and oh my god. Jesus. And that, that was, that's what fucked him. Like, that's what got him... Castrated. Castrated yeah. and, like, taken out, and Amy and Xavier were able to, like, get the upper hand and, like, fucking kill the dudes, but mm-hmm. we lost our sweet baby boy, we Jordan. Lost our sweet baby boy. And by, by curiosity, killed the cat. It did. Yeah, like, yeah. this is such a bleak ending. It is. And it, and, and, and one thing that you, um, we were talking about sort of in preparation for this episode is that one of the things that, again, it's such a generational difference of 20 years where when this came out versus, like, you know, I guess now it's more like almost 25 years later. But at, yeah. at some point, two of the dudes... Like, it shows them. They have, like, fucking red swastikas painted on their chests. Yeah, they like, got swastikas painted on their chests. And they're wearing socks over their dicks, like, fucking Red Hot Chili Pepper style. Oh, jeez. Um, I'm pretty sure that's this one. I, I was not. I, I think my eyes were just drawn to the swastika. It's like, oh, right, this. And, like, I wasn't even looking at their fucking dicks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, again, this would have probably been so, like, shocking in the 90s. Well, I remember the pretty much every time I saw it, except for... Like, na- now. Now, essentially. <laughs> um, that was just such a head trip where it's like, holy shit, Nazi stuff? What the fuck? What the fuck? And now it's just like... That tracks. Of course. Like, that's, that's so fucking depressing that, that it has become contemporary. Yes. The fucking sucks. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. But that is, in a nutshell, Doom Generation. Um, there is a ton to unpack about this fucking movie. Where uh, do we start? One thing I really love about this movie is how apocalyptic it feels. Mm-hmm. Like, it almost looks like a weird, like, Gen X 90s Fallout kind of thing. And yeah. that was uh, intentional. I guess what they did for uh filming it is they because it was filmed in la shockingly enough it doesn't look like it no there's no people around (laughs) they went to um all the underdeveloped like like undeveloped industrial areas and shot there Uh, at night and stuff like on purpose to just try and give it this like every like wasteland abandoned wasteland kind of look 
Uh, that makes this, sense. This is the middle part of what he calls his Teenage Apocalypse trilogy. Right. I'm just going to quickly pull up. Which, I know, I haven't seen the other two movies. I haven't either. Oh, okay. I've seen, um, I've seen this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, other two movies are 1993's Totally Fucked Up and 1997's Nowhere. Hmm. Um, I've been meaning to see the other ones because I dug this one so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie has this look to it. It's very apocalyptic. It's very dark and moody. And the lighting, it's like, I almost get Argento vibes. Yeah, it's so sometimes. colorful. It's so colorful. But and it's very usually stark. very like wash. Like it's like w- where Argento will use like a couple of different colors yeah. in a scene. Like we'll get just sort of everything is one. Yeah. For it's the most very, part. Like on, almost monochromatic yeah. in these very weird ways. Yeah. Like, I believe, isn't the intro when she's there in the club and she lost her favorite skull lighter that, like, she's just a wash in red and it's just... That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I love that. The opening line to this movie, fuck, <laughs> I can't find my skull lighter. If I lost my skull lighter, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. And then yeah. just, like, right there... Sets the tone. <laughs> sets the tone. And that feels so 90s nihilism, but also... Doomer Zoomers. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're slang contemporary about that kind of dialogue, so contemporary. too. Like, I see that sh- shit on uh, Twitter all the fucking time. I talk like that. Like, yeah, I've no. gotten a little bit better at, at not, yeah. but still, it's, I, I think like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hard one to break. It is. Um, and it is also, I feel like, the, it, it's, like, directly proportionate to, like, how bad your depression is. Yeah, well, absolutely. How much you're joking about, like, I'm gonna fucking kill myself, or it's just, like... Oh, yeah, it's a joke. Oh, wait, is it? Like, <laughs> yeah, always that nagging feeling. Yeah, that little, the, the, the call like, of the void that's like, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it's just the work of, like, shut up, you. And then, yeah, shut the fuck up. I don't know. What's, what's something amazing that Amy says in this movie? Call, call, call the void. Shut the fuck up, jizz and breath. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, she that. says amazing things in this movie. She swears so much, and it tickles me in such a way. Mm-hmm. Like... And even when they're not just swearing, the dialogue in this movie is a fucking treat. Mm-hmm. Like when, uh, what is it, when um, Jordan lost his earring? I'm just going to plunk that line in here. Hey, I lost my earring. That'll be 666. Please pull forward to the window. Jordan, I'm sure. We are like in this total predicament and you're worried about losing a fucking earring. It's got sentimental value. My mom gave it to me when I finally passed algebra tree. I feel like this is like you had that that film studies prof who's like, oh, if you want to write dialogue, go to see go, go see Juno. Oh my God. Script it, writing class. Yeah, yeah that was sorry. Yeah, that I, I I feel like Doom Generation is what she wishes Juno was, and nothing but love to Diablo Cody. Yeah, no, but, like I I don't have a problem with with Juno's yes. dialogue in the context of Juno, but when sure. it's like it's like this like is... work for realism. Also, look at Juno's dialogue, and it's like that's so heavily stylized yes. in such a specific way that the only reason you want dialogue like that is if you're ripping off Juno, and in which case yeah. you're probably not going to get a passing grade in a screenwriting Hell class. No. Whereas this is more like. Because Juno is a very, like, very niche kind of stylization, yeah. whereas this is a very kind of, like, relatable, like, this is how people talk stylization. I feel like it's it's so niche, too, though, because it definitely fits in with that, like, 90s dialogue. Like, it definitely yeah. feels like that sort of, like, 90s burnout kind of thing. Yeah, like, it feels like it's not as niche as Juno in that there, I can't think of, like, 
a whole bunch, you know, I can't think of other examples of the word that are like Juno per se, yeah. whereas I can think of other examples that are more along the lines of Doom Generation. Gotcha, gotcha, so it's very yeah. like temporal, I guess, but again, yeah. it's become so contemporary. Like yeah. I just make think of think of like Deb from Dexter. Like she would oh, fit right point. into this that's movie. A good point. Yeah. Another one I love in this one is when uh, Jordan's talking about his friend who killed himself. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Like at first it's all weird and you're all bummed into shit. Like this person you're used to hanging out with all of a sudden doesn't like exist anymore. And you just get over it and move on. It's almost for the best. I mean, Scooter was so sad all the time. Me and him used to sit in my room getting stoned listening to the Smiths. Like he was over the night before he killed himself. Right in the middle of Unlovable, he just started crying like crazy. He was really into the Smiths. And it's like, there's something so specific about that run of dialogue and so... Like, it sets the tone and time mm-hmm. and aesthetic of these characters so well. Absolutely. But it's telling a story in a way that I think is relatable beyond those terms. Like, you know, like, just, like, dropping, like, Smith's records and stuff like that. And it's like, we're talking about our 90s doom and gloom. It's yeah. like... No, we're oh, talking specifically so... about being sad and listening to Smith's records, which is yeah. still something people... I, I see little references to every once in a while, and it's just like, oh, yes. Yeah. This is, this is still an enduring cultural, yeah. like knowledge i don't know <laughs> but even if you trip strip away the um specific pop reference mm-hmm. there it's like the the dialogue though it's still relatable in a way like the way they talk about these scenarios it's uh got this veneer of that 90s pop culturalism mm-hmm. but there's still there's something almost philosophical about the way they wax poetic on yeah. I say wax poetic, even though they're calling people smegma breath and stuff like that. Well, I was even talking to someone the other day who's like, I don't remember if he's 18 or 19 years old, and he talk, He was talking about, like, you know, wanting to, um, like, with making friends and how he's, he really loves music, but his, you know, his, the, his music choices, you know, like, like many young people, like, they usually develop sort of in your teens as you're coming to more individuality, and so they're, like, really important to you, and so this hesitance where he's like, you know, I'm afraid that, like, people will reject it, but then it won't just seem like you know, if we show them around a movie and they're like, oh, I didn't like that, but because it's like whatever, but because the music choices are so heavily linked to like your emotions and your yeah. development and stuff, he's like, yeah, you know, like me and my friends, like, and these were a bunch of guys who, you know, usually don't get the same kind of maybe language to talk about their emotions and stuff as more feminine coded, coded people, people yeah. do. He's like, yeah, you know, we, if we couldn't talk how we were feeling, we'd send each other songs to communicate how we're feeling. So right. it's like, there, that's still such a thing, even if yeah, it's not totally. in the context of like grunge culture, Gen X. Yeah, like, well, just think like MySpace culture where it was just yeah. like, now listening, good riddance by mm-hmm. Green Day, like at the ball. Or like MSN clothes. Messenger, you can put in like, yeah. little, like, yeah, you can, ha- you can fucking put shit like that. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah. or, or, you know, say your set your screen name because you could change it all the time, set it to like the song lyrics to tell people how you're feeling without actually telling them how you're feeling. Yeah. <laughs> the world is a vampire underscore 420. It's just <laughs> alternating cabs. <laughs> Only well, you sign with your email, but then your screen name is like, yeah, no, like, I yeah. remember. <laughs> um, lowercase x, capital X, lowercase x, and then whatever. And then framed in the exit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Asterisk, squiggly thing, asterisk, squiggly thing. Yeah. <laughs> Very aesthetic. Uh, one thing that 
gets me about this uh, movie, like there's a sequence in there that I, I'm, I find complicated, is um, the Quickie Mart scene. Mm-hmm. Is we have the they go to a place called Quickie Mart, which, like, I mean, in modern parlance, if you're thinking of it in the Simpsons terms, there's been the long-standing like, what's the deal with a poo? You got a white guy voicing him, and he's like this uh, East Indian dude that works at the mm-hmm. convenience store, and it's like playing all these tropes, and it can be fairly racist. Like Paco kind of Papito, thing. yeah, type, but um, for the Gen X crowd, not the Twitter crowd. But yeah, in this one, we've got this. Uh, Vietnamese guy with a really thick accent working the uh, the store, and it's played up like so much. Like um, his uh, kids are there, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like, oh, I I, ha- I work here all the time, and my family has to be like, here this too. Is my, fa- because, my family's raised here because, because this is what we have. I, I have to do this because I am the uh, quote unquote immigrant store clerk kind of mm-hmm. thing. And like his wife, played by Margaret Cho, she's wearing one of those like patty hats kind of thing you know oh yeah like the yeah can't remember the exact name yeah but yeah but the ones that like are worn out like in the in the race yeah 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 yeah. it's like and they have them yelling like almost incomprehensibly when they're all fighting kind of thing Mm -hmm. and there's something very racialized about the way this goes but what the fuck is this doing like is this a comment on this kind of representation yeah because of who it's coming from yeah yeah because, yeah, because, again, if it was, like, if it was, like, The Simpsons where it's a bunch of white people being, like, oh, look at these, like, lower-class immigrants who came to this country with, like, nothing and are not complaining while they just get to live here and we're going to make fun of their, like... Yeah, like, if this was written and directed by a white guy, but it's yeah, not. So. but it's not. So, yeah, it's, like, what's going on here? Yeah. And so I'd love to see, like, a Plus, dir- director's commentary yeah, yeah, or yeah, something, yeah. but... Plus with Margaret Cho playing right. the character, it's the, the kind it's of It's like there's going to be some awareness there. I, I feel like that that just adds another layer of awareness. Absolutely, and, uh, yeah, because she does shit like that all the time, but it's very intentional, it's very critical, yeah. and it's fucking hilarious because it's like, no, we're commenting on racism here, we're not like just, you know, straight up regurgitating it in a way and then calling it satire when people get mad about it and saying, oh, it's just like too much for you to handle. Like, no, it's... So yeah, I have more faith in it, I guess, than yeah, because that's where I'm so many other things. With it, but, but it's one of those. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, tell me what you were thinking. I, I'm curious to to know, like, am, am I sort of hitting it on the head with like the representation of the Quickie Mart and the Simpsons and that kind mm-hmm. of thing? Like, is that what it's commenting on, or is there something that's is there something else completely happening that I'm just there. like losing on? And right, and it's uh, I would love to know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I this is a movie that deserves a fucking super edition restoration. I'm talking like four. Okay, get yeah. the director involved to do like commentaries and yes. features. This movie deserves it. I'm tired of seeing it in a muddy full frame. Me DVD too. From forever ago. Yeah, um, well, you saw you saw it screening on IFC, like IFC Midnight. Get at it. Yeah, right. Come on. Yeah, this movie deserves it. Having so the first time I saw this movie, uh, I thought it was I thought it was fun. I was, yeah. didn't really know what was happening, but it was like it's cool. I like it. Whatever. It it's it says some things. Yeah. Some points were made, and then more recently. I watched the Bill and Ted movies. <laughs> so coming around this time and watching it and being much more familiar with like late 80s, early yeah. 90s Keanu, not just like Matrix Keanu. Yeah. It was like, is Jordan like being early 90s Keanu? Yeah, <laughs> like there's he, definitely that vibe, man. Whoa. Like, whoa. Like, like there's so much there that's just like, this is Ted Theodore Logan. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much about him that I'm like, 
What did you say? You called this movie bisexual Bill and Ted. I think you called it that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> After I was saying, I'm like, I was like, yeah, I think, I think, I think like they couldn't get Keanu and they already had this guy because he was in, he's in all three of the Teenage Apocalypse mm-hmm. movies and, you know, nothing but love to him. Everything I've seen him in, he's, t- he's been great. It's well, just he just kind of shows up from time to time. He's great. Yeah. And he, he's, a, he plays a very important character in Tony Darko. Yep. So like, yeah, he's, he's. He, yeah, I definitely don't think of him as just like bargain bin Keanu or something right. who's willing to show his nuts on screen. Like it's like no, he's like he's a good actor in his own right. But this character in particular, it's just like I have a whole new context to view yeah. this in. It's bisexual Ted for the grunge crowd. Yeah, yeah. Like that's totally it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But okay, okay. If we want to get into the but the bisexual part. <laughs> um, first and foremost. Yeah, okay, so this movie is by a director who identifies as mostly gay. Um, Love it. Has has had a relationship with women as well. Fair enough. But it's one of those um, sort of ambiguous queerness kind of thing. And he's linked to the new queer cinema movement a lot. Hmm. Um, His movies are populated with gay characters and all that stuff, so... The, cent- the fact that this one centers around a heterosexual couple, it opens with a title card that just says, A Heterosexual Movie by Greg Araki. And it's like, first off, that's amazing. That's so <laughs> fucking choice. I love that that's how they decided to... That's why it has the lowest scores out of all three. It's kind of oh. like a heterosexual movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is... If this is a heterosexual movie, this is the gayest fucking heterosexual movie I have ever seen in my life. I know. I'm like, as much as I love the heterosexual movie, like, I'm like, oh, that's so choice. That's so beautiful. I'm also like, is this by Erasure? Yeah, yeah. This like, movie from the very title so card? Yeah. <laughs> so why? Um, I like to think of it as being <laughs> subversive by doing that. I know? agree. That's the I, way I like to, to yes, look at it. Yes, I'm assuming this is operating in good faith and I will not hear otherwise. I like had those thoughts, and I'm like, "We're gonna push you away. We're, you're gonna go away now." Yes. Yeah. Goodbye now. Good, goodbye. Uh, we didn't but, invite you. Okay, so this movie has tons of sex in it. Yeah, it's a pretty horny very, movie. Very horny movie. Uh, Even though they're both we're both virgins. Yeah. Well, how does the <laughs> the movie opens with them at that like industrial club, and then they're fucking in the parking well, lot? Well, they're gonna fucking up in the in the parking they're trying lot. Trying to. They're, and they're, like, they're oh, having just, a hard time. Just can't, like, babe. Like so. And then like some mention of like being afraid of like catching something or whatever, yeah. and it's like. How we're both virgins. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's that's so great. Cause, so quaint. Because it, yeah, because it just seems it's like, really? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, to each their own and all yeah. that. Like, whatever. But it's unexpected to yeah. say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's when uh, Xavier rocks up, X rocks up, and jumps into their car, mm-hmm. and he's being beaten on by this. Uh, gang of punks kind of thing and uh it's funny given the context of the rest of the movie it almost on a rewatch has sort of like a gay bashing yeah i can see that thing going to it like it's never made explicit mm-hmm. at least in terms of this like i would say the end confrontation is definitely absolutely fueled with that because i mean I, I, well, look, look how, at the uh, their first encounter with yeah each the other. encounter in the record store it's like yeah. it's hard not to read it like that exactly but this one it's more ambiguous um mm-hmm. oh and just fun fact the uh, gang of uh, thugs that are beating on them skinny is puppy. yeah skinny puppy industrial band from vancouver 
Uh, as you'd mentioned, Amy is immediately repulsed by him, but oh, Jordan is, like, entranced by him. Mm-hmm. What, what did you make of this sort of attraction going on? That it is ex- exactly that. Like, yeah. but But that he doesn't recognize it as such because he doesn't know what to make of yeah, it's it. It's almost like he doesn't have the language or, he the, or the experience or anything. Yeah, he's that... just kind of like, whoa, this guy's, like, really cool. That that kind of makes me think, the, that's interesting that you put it that way because that makes me think of, like, Every so queer women. women I know who's just like, like I just think, think they're, they're neat. neat. Like yeah, or oh, I'm just... really into my best friend. Like Cameron Esposito's whole oh like yeah. takes on her high school experience when she didn't know she was gay, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like it sounds like that. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Exactly. Yeah, and and that's just it. Which just part of what makes maybe makes me think. Like, just another layer of the, like, oh, Jordan's baby, he's so wholesome, he's yeah. so, like, special, and p- protect him forever. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, because he, he's just like, oh, like, I think he, like, I don't know, X, like, takes his shirt. And, like, I mean, to the point where he's like, like, I can't really say that name, can I just call you X? And he's like, yeah. sure, but only if I can call you, like, fucking cock breath, or, like, I don't know, some, some name yeah. like that, that, that he, and, and like, he doesn't, doesn't even face him, he's just, he's just like, like, okay. Thanks, X. Hey, what about my shirt? And like, as he's like plugging you his got fucking blood on my shirt, shirt dude. Like, <laughs> man, like, oh, but that's okay. Like, yeah. you're you're really cool. So, like, I mean, it's, it's probably a really nice thing that you did. Like, yeah. you, like, yeah, he's just so like, oh, this ex, huh? Yeah, <laughs> um, and. Amy doesn't want to give him the time of day. Oh, fuck is happy to dump him out of the car. And, and I get why, to... because he's just like, oh, what's wrong with this broad? Is her, like, disgusting, slimy clam all full of menzies? And, like, yeah, like saying yeah, he's, like, yeah. really, like, Oh, gross. he's very like, crass, Yeah, so, like, I, I don't... Person. Yeah, so I, I definitely don't, don't want to, like... for a second yes. for wanting to ditch this So I don't want to over... As much as I find Jordan wholesome and lovely, I don't want to, like, undersell... Or oversell Amy as being this, like, bitch when it's like, oh, no, I'd be, like, kicking his ass out of a moving car if he said that to me. Like No, she, she straight up calls him repugnant at one point, and I think that's a good word for his behavior yes. and the way he, he yeah. acts. Um, but of course he comes back into their life when he saves their ass at the convenience store mm-hmm. and they all go to a motel together and mm-hmm. the whole up and, uh, wait for us all to blow over. Yeah. And that's, um, that first motel experience, uh, isn't particularly, actually, no, I was going to say, isn't particularly a bisexual questioning moment, but no, there is that moment when, uh, Amy first goes to the bath. Yeah, and Jordan they're, they're is left together, there, and they're and just like sitting there, and they're really close. Yeah, their faces like, are really close. away, and they're and he's examining Xavier's body, talking about his tattoos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's one of those very like like you know just a kiss, 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 yeah, kiss, yeah. kiss, yeah. kiss, damn it, kiss, damn it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I guess even then there there's that, mm-hmm. and it's and it's only tr- which I guess would be I didn't make this connection until like right now. But it's only after having that exchange with X that he's like, okay, yeah, I, I can, I'm, like, capable of fucking now. Yeah, time to fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, like, foreplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then uh, they sort of get more and more of these moments. Like, there's the one where uh, X has that fucking holographic belt buckle <laughs> where it's just, like, the rodeo scene <laughs> that when you tilt the buckle, it moves. And then Jordan, like, really wants to check out his belt buckle, so he's just like, show it to me. He's and like, he just, can I try it? He's just, like, like playing with his fucking belt buckle while staring at his crotch. And yeah, uh, and Amy's just like, it's a fucking belt buckle. Like, what the fuck? It's, it's, it's like, a very sort of queer-coded moment 
Yeah. For, for, but again, lacking the language or understanding yeah. to really place it. Exactly. Like, to really make, kind of make sense of it. Other than just like, oh, this guy's weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is, of course, the part where he sees... Uh, Sees him fucking. Sees him fucking and just starts jerking off with his yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is one of those things that it does. it's not a definitive that makes him gay or straight or anything like that, but it makes me think about uh, that line in Repo Man where it's like, <laughs> a lot of straight guys like to watch their buddies fuck. I know I do. <laughs> like, that's all I can think when he's just sitting there pounding off while and watching. even if, you know, if it, give me, it makes him gay or queer or whatever, it's like... That, that's beside the point. I think it, this isn't a scene yes. where it, it, like, lines him up with, ex, like, Xavier again, where yep. it's, like, you know, he, they switch positions where first mm. it was Xavier watching in and, and beaten off, and then now he's, but of course they didn't know about that. Yeah. And now he's, like, watching. Well, and they do, don't like, know about him. Exactly, either, like, so. doing the same kind of thing, and it's, like, so it just kind of lines him up with that character more. Yeah, yeah, there's sort of a reversal Regardless on, of, yeah. like, what that means or whatever, because they like, straight dudes watch porn of dudes fucking all the time, but there's ladies in it, so it's not gay in any well, way. Well, X seems to be down to clown with anybody. Like This is true. That doesn't seem to be questioned at no. all from the start. Like, yeah. he's just like... Down to clown anybody. Hypersexual kind of, he's like, down dude. To kill anybody. Um, whereas, I, I, I get the... Like, when he's watching them and jerking off... And then again later when they're both in bed and he's just jerking like, in the bed, he's directly in the middle right between yes. them. He's not the only time reason he goes for Amy is because she She's wakes awake. up and yeah. talks to him, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like I, I think him being down for for either or or mm-hmm. both, as turns out to be the case, <laughs> is uh, not really questioned. No. And then so when you've got this sort of. Uh, putting Jordan in those shoes, it kind of highlights that he's seeing them both as sexual mm-hmm. beings, even if he doesn't, again, have the experience or language necessary to sort of articulate that. Yeah. He's just like, more of, a, like, a bodily sensation recognizing, like, oh, yeah, I'm into this. <laughs> like, okay. It's like, you, this is doing you it for keep me. calling him baby, and I think it, that also fits in the sense that there's that very sort of baby gay kind of thing mm-hmm. going on, but, like, baby bi, and... Mm-hmm. Except not like, oh my god, I'm new to being bisexual, I need to feel this out. It's more like he doesn't know what's coming. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, there's no language there for it or anything, but... So he's going off entirely of, like, feelings, both both in terms of, like, emotion, but also, like, just, like, somatic, like, physiological sensations. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm seeing this right now. I don't know what to make of it logically, but... Getting a boner, so... <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which is still experiential. Like, it's knowledge. It's just not the same kind. No. That we're, it's not, like, held to the same esteem as, like, logic and rationality. Right. Then we get to the final three-way mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I love how the way that it's um, proposed to Jordan to get him on board isn't so much as, like... We could both have sex with her and both be focused on her. And it, even though it's a devil's three-way, it's not gay kind of thing. You know, instead it's just like... So have you ever done that? You mean, like, have sex with two people at the same time? Mm-hmm. No. It's the best. You start building up this momentum, this rhythm, you know, like a piston engine, and you're all pounding away, and your balls are slapping against the other guys, and you can 
actually feel his cock through the girl's insides. What are two homos gabbing about now? Like, that's what he's using yeah, to, to sort sell of get it. him on board, and it works. Yeah, he's like, oh. Huh. Yeah. You, you've done that before, man? Like, whoa. So it's like, I, I, I feel like there isn't fear on Jordan's part. Mm-hmm. It's like, it just is, it's all new to him. Kind yeah. Of thing. Like, he doesn't seem, like, grossed out or, like, self-homophobia or anything right. like that. It's, um. Just kind of like, what? This is, this is a thing that's possible because he's like your typical suburban teen kind of thing Mm -hmm. up until this this night and if i know anything about the 90s and suburbia it's that (laughs) being gay was not a thing no but being calling your friends queers and homos and f slurs and stuff totally normal it's totally a thing yeah yeah. and that was not a good thing yes no when someone called it it was normalized does not mean it was okay yeah definitely was or that it was okay to be yeah yeah no it was definitely okay to be gay it's just but I mean, in those guys' eyes, definitely wasn't like in, the, in that context, it, it wasn't okay. Like yeah, it's always I see, okay. I see. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to say it's, like, it's to always okay quotes, to be gay. It's yeah, hard to see where the scare quotes. Are yeah, I, I don't. I don't always say. give the like scare quotes in my voice yes. as uh, emphatically as I necessarily maybe should. So first, they start out like I mentioned. They flip a coin. Yes. Where it's like so. Um, Xavier goes first. And I find it so interesting because when he says heads or tails, I assumed it's like, which end do you want? Right. Kind of and it's like, no, who goes first? And it's like, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. Um, and so while they're fucking, he takes Amy's hand, sucks on one of her fingers and he's like, put it in my butt. Or like, put it in my ass. And she's like, ew, that's fucking just like, no, I won't fucking do it. He's like, just shut up and do it. And so she's just like, okay, and she does. And then he's like, oh, yeah, like, this is the shit. So then when it's Jordan's turn, right. without telling him, she's like, okay, yeah, suddenly I'm into this. And so she, like, sticks a finger in his butt, and he's like, what are you doing? Oh! And she's like, dude, just, like, calm down. Like, you know, five <laughs> seconds ago, she was like, oh, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard of now. She's like, come on, pussy boy, like, just let me do it. <laughs> like... <laughs> So it's interesting how quickly she's even flipped over from like that's disgusting to like to like oh, hell what yeah. do you what do you mean you're not into this like yeah. give me a fucking break you you like, fucking square like as much of the anything you could comment on this movie it's very crassly handled yeah it's um yeah yeah that's an interesting point yeah I, I, I couldn't couldn't leave that out with yeah. before we get to uh, even just like the three way itself yeah so Jordan of the three of them Jordan is the one who is targeted and killed mm-hmm. kind of thing. How, how does that figure into the notion of bi-curiosity and all that? Because I feel like there is a strong, like given the title of this episode, I feel yeah. like there is a strong case to make for it yes. is... It is bi-curiosity that killed a cat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it could go back to kind of like what we've talked about in previous episodes with like the like witches and lesbian vampires and stuff where putting it on men now instead of the usual like women needing to be recuperated x is already like too far gone he's right. in it if anything he almost is stands in as this like corruptive demonic type figure with all the 666 right. and all this so, stuff like, he's he's the lesbian vampire he's basically. yeah he's yeah, the yeah, lesbian okay. vampire of this heterosexual okay. movie <laughs> <laughs> the male lesbian vampire of this heterosexual movie i love it and poor jordan he got kind of caught, caught between two worlds and he's too far gone to be recuperated. So he's the one who's punished and the violence is like enacted upon him. But that's interesting. Rather than redeem him yeah. by having X get killed like you would if this were that vampire story. 
it's um like you say he's he's irredeemable like is that like a a, a comment on toxic masculinity i th- honestly i i would say like yes insofar as we know from even just history that we and when I say history, I'm, I'm talking specifically in, like, European context because we there's so much of this that we don't know pre-colonization in yeah. other parts of the world where other than it's like, oh, that kind of stuff was generally fine or even had, like, either, like, ritualistic importance yeah. or stuff until British law came in and was like, yeah. no, it's, like, evil and demonic. But, um, like, I think even if you want to go to, like, the Middle Ages, like, in the Viking Age, there wasn't, like, being gay itself wasn't illegal or anything, but being a receptive male and being penetrated that was what would get you like okay. you know killed or persecuted or whatever it was specifically being in that female feminine position of receptivity of being penetrated right. of, it's like it's just seen as this such lowly like fucking like it, disgusting thing like if you do that like you are so far gone you need to be fucking like made an example of because men don't do that yeah it's whereas it's women that's their job that's what women are there for. So there's maybe a little bit more redeemability back into like hetero patriarchy for them. Right. Whereas for men, absolutely not. Okay. Would be kind of where I'm thinking. Yeah. But I don't know. What do you, what's your take? Well, I definitely think it's a, a toxic masculinity kind of thing in action. Mm-hmm. Because if you, th- if you think about like modern contextualization of queer identity it's one of those things where heteronormative discourse says like as soon as you stray from heterosexuality or you fail at being heterosexual you're automatically gay Mm -hmm. like you know there's this total no homo recuperation going on constantly because it's um you do anything and you're and you're presumed gay like it's like you could be a total stud who is constantly like sleeping with women left, right, and center, and stuff. Suck one dick. Oh, you're a homo. Kind of yeah, thing. that actually that makes me think of um, where something that people have pointed out. If we want to bring back to bisexuality, is that I, I the best way I've seen it succinctly kind of demonstrated is in isn't that like handshake meme? Oh god, where it's like um, one hand is bisexual men and the other hand is bisexual women, and then the handshake is they're they're shaking upon um, being told that your attraction to women isn't real. That yeah. bisexual women are assumed to just be trying to like give their boyfriends well, boners, that's the other, that's but the then other bisexual side of what men, I was say. yeah, exactly, yeah. is that if you show even so much attraction to men, you're full blown fucking gay, man. Like yeah. you are beyond like you. There's no saving you. Um, it's a good example. It's yeah. uh, exactly why uh, the, the lesbian vampire is recuperable because because mm-hmm. uh, her foray. It's like well, it's that's still like it can still give dudes the boner, straight dudes the yeah. boner. So like. It's fine. We just have mm-hmm. to teach you properly. Whereas, like, if a guy does that, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. You have done so wrong. Yeah. You're not a man anymore. And we are literally going to fucking cut your dick off. Yeah. In this case. Yeah. So it's a very uh, brutal and blunt way to mm-hmm. sort of play out. Like, I don't think the movie is saying this is what happens if you are No, curious. fucking no. It's, it's showing, pointing at the uh, bigotry that surrounds being bi-curious as male. As, a, like, a male-coded, male-assigned at birth, whatever you want to call yeah, him, not, masculine individual. Not, not to individual. say that, that, that women don't feel, feel, uh, feel biphobia as well, but it, sure. it, yeah, I feel like it takes sort it, of... It, a, it, 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 they take different forms. Yeah, because, because of toxic masculinity. And fucking suck, but yeah, at the end of the day, it centers all around, around yeah. cis heterosexual male pleasure and supremacy and just like 
what serves them and their yeah. interests. Yeah, and uh, I think that that's this movie all over because uh, like it's called the Doom Generation, mm-hmm. and Xavier seems to be the outlier thing where he thrives in that chaos from any sort of any which way. Mm-hmm. Whereas we get the sense that Amy and Jordan are doomed; they're on the path to doom. Like yeah. um, she's being hunted by the FBI. Like they pull her off the the, mm-hmm. the security camera from the Quickie Mart, um, and. Uh, Jordan's doomed in the sense that his uh, taking up with X and going down that road, it definitely leads to his demise. Yeah, I was going to say, but notice only one of them end up actually experiencing an existential threat. Yeah. Like, I mean, we know she's on, she, we know the cops are after Amy, but nothing ever really comes of that. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, Jordan, he's fucking toast. Yeah. So it's, uh... Like, Amy still gets to live at the end of the day. At least at the end of the movie. Yeah. The end of the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the movie has that sort of, like, bleak ending where it's like, is this going to be, like, they can return to the normalcy and sameness of it all, or are they forever cast as outsiders? And I feel like it's kind of both, because, mm-hmm. like, that nihilism doesn't go away. That, no. that is with them the entire movie, but at the same time, they get right back into the groove of that 90s thing, where it's just, like, want a Dorito kind yeah. of thing. I don't know. I feel like this is one of my favorite takes on the 90s mm-hmm. from the 90s kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like, it's yeah. not pointing... Like, you know, you can make something now that's like, look at how 90s that is. Look at how 80s yes. that is and all that stuff. That's very different from a movie made at the time that just, like, embraced the now of that culture kind mm-hmm. of thing. Well, it's like, it's like we were talking about um, when we talked about, like, gothic texts. Like, gothic horror. How yeah. like, there's a difference between that which was set in, like, the, you know, like, modernist period versus that which is written in more contemporary times but is set in that time using what we know of it now and, like, our lens on it now as opposed to being in it and that just being what was. Yeah. It's funny. I haven't seen it. I'd be curious to see the director's show Now Apocalypse. It was on Stars for one season. No idea Mm. if it's meant to be good or not. But I've heard it described as being basically his millennial zoomer update of oh. this kind of idea like maybe it's not as bleak maybe it is i don't know but it's i want to see it's, it uh it was this year and it's a modern oh. version of what this was well shit yeah so i'm so glad to know this exists i had no idea <laughs> yeah i was i was looking up about it uh when i was looking up info about the director right. and all that i saw this come up because last time i had a uh, looked up anything about him, he had just done the movie Kaboom, which uh, he's done another movie since then, and Mm. then he's also done this show along with directing episodes of various TV shows like Riverdale and Heathers and stuff like that. But yeah, so I think that this would be a thing to watch at some point. Mm -hmm. So does this movie, uh, how how do you feel after a second viewing? Love it. Taking more away from it for sure than the first time. Cool, cool. And you'd I assume would heartily recommend this to our Absolutely. audience. Yeah, I... Th- Just, again, be prepared for what you're going in for. Yes. It's, uh, like, as we mentioned, the ending is absolutely brutal, and that kind of undercuts how brutal it is. Just, mm. like, it's... Yeah, it's just like, oh, my God. It's one of those things where it's shot in a way that it's mostly obscured, mm-hmm. but it's hard to say if that makes it better or worse. Because your brain always fills yeah. in the gaps, and mm-hmm. usually does it goes to, like, the worst-case scenario. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of like a gut punch after so much irreverence because the mm-hmm. violence is almost cartoonish 
for the most part of this yeah. movie. And then you get this ending, which is just like... Oh, now it's real. Yeah, it's, oh, all, it's real. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... It's at the same level of extremity, but in a way that's much more real than yeah. uh, what what has come before. Like Nazis gay bashing? Like, yeah. that's too real. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't like it. Yeah. But... At the same time, it doesn't. It, it's not like they're making light of it or anything either. No, I think it's a. I think it's my takeaway is at how severe and fucked up this is. Yes, and like I think that's the takeaway we're supposed to have. I, I would think. I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> if not, well, it's like well, you fucked up because you did a really good job at making that yeah. the case. Like that <laughs> yeah. seemed like the takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! So Doom Generation, I highly recommend this movie. Ignore mm-hmm. the. Uh, Bad reviews and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, fuck that. I think Ebert gave it zero stars. Yeah, well, Ebert famously. didn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, which was so trashy, he gives it zero stars for being total <laughs> trash. Oh, well. Anyway. Um, shit, R.I.P. King, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that, that'll that be the episode this week, I guess. Um, except for our recommendations. Except for our recommendations, yeah. Uh, this week, I am going to recommend a movie that is from the 90s and makes me think of the 90s. Like, it's a very 90s movie, but in a very different way, almost the polar opposite of Doom Generation. Mm. I'm recommending 1993's Freaked. This one was directed by Alex Winter, who played Bill S. Preston, Esquire. Nice. Or, uh, Bill yes, yes. okay. It's written and directed by him, and it features music by... Several of the people from the Butthole Surfers, among nice, other bands. Nice. And this movie just bleeds, like, 90s madness kind of thing. It's so funny. It's so out to lunch. Like, you just have to kind of be on board with watching some of the most batshit stuff you can in a film. And, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, this is definitely on the lineup for a future episode. Like, definitely mm-hmm. on the lineup. I, I fucking love this movie. I haven't seen it in a few years. Um, so freaked if you can find it. I'm pretty sure it's badly out of print, like mm. so many of the movies I love. Anchor Gosh. Bay did have a really slick DVD of it a while back. Mm. Um, my understanding, I think this was pulled from social media, something Alex Winter said, but I believe it's getting a nicer restoration, like a new version of this will be coming out at some point. Mm. And that would be great because in the age of like awesome home media, yes. this movie deserves it. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So no doubt. that is my recommendation. How about yourself? I'm also going to go in a bit of a different direction in multiple ways, but yet it's still, as you're even just saying that, I realized even more ways it kind of lines up with it. I'm going to go with um, 2014, a film called Appropriate Behavior that is, it's not a heterosexual film. It is a bisexual film. Yes. And not by curiosity, bisexuality, does not kill the cat. No. No, it's it's like, it's not always a happy movie, but mm-hmm. it's it's so good. I mean, I have a soft spot for it, not only because it's amazing, but my first time seeing it, it I, I got to see it at an open-air cinema in Cassiopeia in Berlin on my birthday. That's so In 2015, which is like the coolest cool. story to be able to say. Yeah. But it also that it, it's just so funny, and it's from, yeah, it's from 2014, so it... It's not a 90s movie, but no. it is extremely 2010s. There is oh, it's so, so 2010s. much like oh fuck at one point, you know, they're, at one point they're making references to like kombucha brewing and shit yeah. and I was just like crying laughing in the audience and you know, you have all these Germans around us who speak beautiful English, but at the same time they're like kind of like 
wait, what? Like, it was just so, like... It was so specific. So specific to that, like, cultural moment that I was just yeah. like, oh, this is amazing. I remember watching this with my dad, and, yeah. like, he laughed at a lot of it, but there were a lot of times where we were busting our gut, and he was He's just kind of like, like huh? okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just so, like, culturally niche, and, I yeah. mean, you know, it takes place in New York, so, like, I've never been in my life, but yeah. I'm aware of it enough because so much of, like, the media that we consume is centered there that yeah. I know more about what's going on in, like, New York City than I do about, like, in my own fucking, like, hometown half the time yeah, it I feels like more about new york than i could about calgary right exactly time. totally so but yeah this is um if you haven't heard of it you might have heard of the director's more recent movie the miseducation of cameron post which i am dying to watch yes I have we haven't seen it yet this. i'm looking forward we have a poster to... of it too yes we do <laughs> but yeah desiree akvan um she's hilarious and oh yeah and appropriate behavior she stars in it as well like she wrote yes. it she directed it but she's also the main character in it and she's so good in she's it. so good and she's so fucking funny and absolutely love her she's amazing i also can't wait to see miss education also can't wait to see the miseducation event cameron post but for now we get a very bisexual movie where mm-hmm. bad things don't happen just because you're bisexual but it's still also in a very cultural specific cultural moment that yeah. a lot of us can recognize and you'll probably find pretty freaking funny cool no that's a great one yeah Yeah, i love it i think brand still has my copy yeah we'll have to give it back (laughs) (laughs) i miss it well thanks so much for tuning in and uh yeah i guess till next time take it easy and keep it sleazy